Hi guys, I'm Rob Carter, and uh, you can follow me on Facebook, on Twitter, at underscore Rob Carter, uh, or just around town. It'd be nice to have a chat. I, I've got a couple of gigs coming up, which would be good to talk about. The 20th of this month is at the Bloomsbury. Uh, I'm doing the Musical Comedy Awards, and on the 25th at the Bloomsbury, Scandal's Comedy with uh, Izzy Sooty, Doc Brown. Lovely little show there. Um, thank you very much. So, Rob, how did you get into comedy? I started com- I started writing comedy at university. Um, I guess I got into comedy... I actually got into comedy before... At school, I was sort of... I made some kind of videos and films, um, taking the piss out of the teachers, things like that. Oh, we wrote some kind of spoof of a couple of films at school, but um, that kind of got... whetted my appetite, shall we say, for comedy, but I started writing it, performing it at uh, at uni, yeah. So how old were you when you were writing it at school? Um, <laughs> that was pretty bad, most of that stuff. I was, um, what, 17? Then went to, u- yeah, and then I started, basically when I was at uni, 18, I started writing sketches. Um, do I didn't start doing sort of musical stuff till later on, but it was basically sketches and writing and uh, performing and directing, I think, sketch shows. Yeah, that's where I started. And so how old were you when you did your first gig? My first, what? Your first comedy gig. Well, I did, I mean, in first year at uni, I did my first sketch. So my first kind of uh, me writing my own comedy in front of an audience was when I was 19. Um, yeah, at a, the smoke, at a smoker. But I mean, the student... Uh, audience is quite forgiving to be honest so even if you wrote something pretty dire um usually came out okay i mean bombed a couple of times but uh, it was quite it was quite funny actually gigging at uni because yeah if they they would they they would laugh at anything and our our general I'd, so my my first load of gigs were in front of 200 plus people every two weeks i'd perform in front of 200 plus people and i just got used to that on a stage you know everyone laughing and being very, very um, overly generous for most of the jokes. And then, obviously, when I came down to London, it wasn't quite as successful. And, I mean, no gigs, really. You know, you're the first gig in London, never going to be that successful. But I had this image in my head that I'd come down to London, I'd email off saying, oh, can I do one of your gigs? And they'd put me on some stage, and I'd be there, 200 people, and having people rolling down the aisles. But no, it wasn't quite like that. It was more, uh, I still remember my first London gig. There were more, a lot more comedians than audience members. And the comedians were really bitter. So no one was really going for it. And I had to do my sort of tight three minute set or something. And um, pretty demoralizing. But it's, uh, it's quite addictive though, comedy. So if you have a good gig, you know, you want to carry on doing it. But if you have a gig when no one shows up, you you think, well... If you have a bad gig, you think you want to improve on it. If you have a good gig, you think you want to keep doing that. And if you have a mediocre gig, um, I guess they're the worst, actually, middle gigs. You just feel like there wasn't not really much point of doing it. But you feel like you always want to feel like you could do better. So, yeah. So even though I had a bad gig to start with down in London, I just sort of kept me going. And it's an incentive to go back and write more. Yeah, write better. <laughs> write more, write better. You can always write better. So your first gig in London... Did you do musical comedy or did you do straight stand-up? 
I did musical comedy. I mean, most of my stuff is musical comedy. I mean, I rarely do straight stand-up. So that was just me coming down with, with some of my songs, yeah. And so how do you go about writing your material? Do you find that it's easier to write comedy when you have a beat or a tune to work with? It really varies. I don't have a method of writing stuff. I just kind of see what comes out. Sometimes I also, if I'm writing a song, sometimes I'll have a chord sequence or, yeah, some kind of tune and I'll just keep playing with it and I'll start to try and sing something over the top and something will fit in. Or sometimes it'll just be an idea that I want to try and I'll just sit down with a guitar and see what comes out. I mean, I don't plan it very much. I probably should do. And I should write a bit more, to be honest. But often the worst stuff I write is when I sit down really focused and think, right, you know, I've got to write something funny now. It's usually just sitting in a cafe and some idea comes. And also you find that if something is really good and something is really funny, it kind of writes itself. So coming up with the ideas is the hard thing. And coming up with ideas is all about being inspired. And being inspired is all about going out and doing things and seeing things and talking to people, not about sitting in your room. So like sitting in your room is good for constructing jokes. And, you know, I like to work in quiet, in a sort of quiet place. I can't, And I don't like sort of writing in front of the TV or around at a mate's house. But I find that they're very, they're very separate, coming up with concepts and then going home and trying to write something or, wor- or tweaking something. So I often go home, having, having written something, I will then sit down and adjust it and slide things around. So I find that easier to do. But to sit down cold and just come out with some comedy genius is, um, is tough. I think yeah so do you go around with a notebook yeah I've (laughs) I sort of do I kind of feel like I feel like a comedian when I do I have sort of three notebooks that sort of hang around and I I sort of always lose them and then find them somewhere else so yes but I actually I I, I kind of rarely use them um I remember uh Jez Butterworth came to a, a talk we had at uh drama school once and I remember him saying something which I thought rung very true with me, which was, he said he never wrote, wrote anything down because um, if something's good enough, you'll remember it. And I think I agree with that, that if, I, if I'm if i walking around town and I think of something and I can't stop thinking about it and I think I have to write this down, I'll go home and write about it. If I'm just, you know, sitting on the tube and I think of a joke, nine times out of ten, it's not actually going to be that funny. And you get that when you, <laughs> I get that when I, if you have an idea when you're just about to go to sleep, you know it's a bad idea. And you always try and write it down and think that it's really funny. So I have, the, I do have stuff like next to my bed to write stuff down. And I've written stuff down before. Or even in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and think, I mean, this makes me sound quite desperate. But I would, <laughs> I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, yeah, 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 I got it. You know, tomorrow I'm going to be absolute gold dust. This is the joke. And I'd write it down and I would read it in the morning. I'd be like, what? What is that? What is that? I can't, I can't, I'd, I wish I could have, I wish I had some with me. I wish I could remember that. I wish I could write a book about the things I've written while I was asleep. I thought they were funny. It was like that at, um, at uni as well. I, was, I remember writing a sketch. I was writing a spring review, which was like a sketch show. We stayed up late one night writing, like really late because we were just on it. We were going on it. It was this really long sketch really sort of labored sketch about um the parallel parallels between an operation and the treaty of versailles i I mean it sounds awful and it is awful but it we thought it was amazing and making this kind of parallel these kind of puns about things that could be um uh things that worked in both environments like i can't remember something about some naval prowess or something like that 
and we thought it was amazing and woke up in the morning and we were just so embarrassed as to what we'd written the night before so yes i do carry a notebook but i don't always find it that useful and do you notate tunes just as you do jokes no well like mozart (laughs) Well, if you thought, like, if you were walking down a street and you thought it's a tune and you thought, oh, that's a really good tune that I could use for it. Yeah, I'm not that good. That's quite Mozart when he'd sort of write a symphony in his head and go, hmm, yeah, I'm going to try that. I don't, no, I don't. I'm not that musically gifted. I don't have that sort of, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll do an A flat with a D minor. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that good. I have to actually sit down with the instrument and do it. So how old were you when you first started learning the guitar? I actually learned the guitar as a child. Uh, only very basically. I play. I played quite a lot of instruments growing up, and I kind of picked things up and then stopped them for a bit. So I started the classical guitar when I was about nine or ten, um, and my mum made me give it up because she wanted me to take up the organ, um, which didn't earn me very many friends. Um, but I did get to play around some pretty swanky flower festivals in West Sussex. So. I think it was all worth it in the end. Now, I remember watching a guitar concert when I was about when I was about nine or ten and just thinking it was the most amazing instrument. I had to play it. So I played it. I played sort of grade one or two or something. I then stopped it and focused on other instruments. And then I picked up the electric guitar. Yeah, I did the whole band thing. I was 13 and joined a band and sort of got suspended and tried to be cool, but didn't really. it's not really my scene. But um, actually, I mean, gig- gigging, just sort of straight gigging, music music is, is one of my loves. I'm more of a bass guitarist, I think. But um, I love, I do love music. And yeah, I think playing, sort of doing musical comedy has come out of a love of both doing comedy and music. Um, I try and, I, th- I aim to, to sort of sway more towards the comedy, seeing as it is really, a, a, is, is really comedy rather than music. But I mean, I do love music in its own right. And I love the guitar. I haven't actually done any musical comedy on other instruments. Like I could, maybe I should do the organ. Maybe do a church piece about flower festivals and yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that tonight. If I'm still thinking about it tonight, I'll go home and write it. But I, I, again, I feel like that's probably another bad idea that's come up. Well, no, just as long as you don't write it in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but y- interesting things come out in the middle of the night. I remember. Oh no, I'm not. That's just weird. I, I remember writing some. Wor- I remember having a dream about some new word that I'd written, and I looked at it in the morning, and half of it was just symbols, and it just didn't make sense. Uh, I really, actually, no, you're right. I will not write it in the middle of the night. That's a bad idea. And do you find that you get heckled a lot? I <laughs> no, not sort of. Um, I don't get derogatory heckles really at all. Um, I get a few people sort of talking through my gigs. I mean, I, it depends what you mean by heckle. And most people think of most people think of heckles as being negative things. Even if someone says something positive, they f- feel it could be negative, or they try and sort of shut them up. Even if someone's talking. Um, so no, I don't actually get that many heckles. But I find that when people sort of start, I, I find that people sometimes add to what I'm doing, and that's the kind of way I like to think about heckles and and deal with hecklers as well. So if someone starts muttering or, or I often ask for suggestions and things like that because I find people's input um, useful and interesting and I think it's good to encourage that. So I like to sort of encourage that. Although I just feel like my persona on stage isn't very, I'm I'm not very rude or I'm not brash or anything. I don't come out pointing at people. So 
I feel like it's, it wouldn't really be it wouldn't really be that fitting for someone just to sort of shout at me or anything because that's not really what I do. I mean, someone could shout, "You're rubbish," you know, which uh, you know I haven't had yet, which is which is very nice. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's to do with the musical thing as well. You know, I'm playing. I'm usually playing the guitar underneath, so people, are, even if they don't like my stuff, they're probably happy to listen to the music. And do you find that when you're playing a mixed bill at a comedy club, do you find that there's a different reaction from the audience, whereas if you've had a load of stand-up or sketch and then a musical act, do you find that there's a difference? You mean to me as opposed to how they were with the stand-up acts? Yeah, it's... Um, I think, and I mean, stand-ups have this thing about mus about musical comedians coming on stage and telling bad jokes to songs and getting laughs for it, which is true, and it does happen. Um, I mean, I just try to write my set that it would be funny without the guitar, and then try and add to it with music. I mean, I do find I do think they're separate genres, although there's obviously a lot of overlap. Um, it depends. I mean, I I don't come out and just go straight into songs, though. I I, t I try to come out and just start start sort of talking to the audience anyway. So I don't feel like there's a massive a massive difference. But I, but as I said, I I do feel like people sort of expect something else. I think people do have a different mindset when they see someone come out with with a guitar. It's probably a bad one though because a lot of musical comedy is quite um, samey. So I think people probably think, oh well, here's another musical comedian. I'm not sure. So I don't know. I try and play with expectations, but I don't think I don't think it, either way. I don't think it matters because I think you know you'll win a crowd over or lose them in what you do and what you say. So even if they think you're going to be good and then you're not, then you've lost them. And even if they, I mean, the best thing is if someone thinks you're going to be bad and then you're you blow them away. And you've entered lots of comedy competitions. You entered the Chortle competition when you're at university, and you won the Musical Comedy Awards this year. So the Chaucer competition and the Musical Comedy Awards are quite different in that with Chaucer, it's mainly stand-ups that enter and you don't often find that many musical acts. Mm -hmm. So did you find that there was a difference in the feel of the competition between entering one where stand-up and musical comedy can take part and one that was solely musical comedy? Yeah, of course, because they're completely different lineups. Um I I mean I imagine it's easier for me to do a musical comedy competition because I feel like um I kind of feel like uh if it's if something is labeled as a stand-up competition then a stand-up comedian should win it and I do enter competitions that I feel like I probably won't win because of that but I'm you know if I enter it it's because you know, I might just want to get to the final or I might want exposure or something. But if it's just sort of labelled as a comedy competition, I don't think it matters either way because they both kind of count. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the two competitions are very different anyway. And also I did the Chortle stuff. When was that? 2000. Actually, that was only the year before. Yeah, I guess it's different because people think, oh, this, here comes the musical act. It's a little bit like that. But it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't a massive difference. It's just kind of people around the same age trying to, trying to make the audience laugh. And David Elms, who did the Human Me podcast, he got to the finals this year and he was also a musical act. He's great. Um, yeah, well, it's good to see some other musical comedians breaking into the final. It's a friend of mine who did, the, I think, the year before, Emerald Paston. She's a musical comedian. She got, she got to the final the year before. I think it's nice anyway in a gig to have a musical lineup. You know, the same. It's nice to have a character act in a stand-up. I think audience would want that. 
That's probably the. That's probably. I mean, the musical comedy awards are are amazing. They're great. Um, you know, and if you like musical comedy, then that's obviously the place to go. I think if you're just into sort of comedy in general, yeah. But I think people do like a mixture, a mixture of styles. Yeah. And you studied maths at Cambridge. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so, did you find it hard? writing comedy and performing comedy whilst you're at university? No. I didn't spend much time in the in the maths fac um hanging out with the with the uh with the nerds. Oh, that was yeah. <laughs> There's such different worlds. I there was no link. There was no crossover between them. You know, I'd wake up, I'd um scuttle off to the maths lectures hoping no one would see me. Sneak in the back just go just attend my lectures really and then i no, it was very separate i didn't go and do my comedy afterwards it wasn't all comedy as well i did a lot of acting at university yeah but i mean it's like that at university you know you can do 40 different things and they all you just do one after the other so i remember doing rowing in my first term and i'd have to wake up at five in the morning go down to the ergs and have a good work out on the ergs and then go out on the river at six or something and then wake up lectures come back supervisions and then you know do a bit of work or writing and then rehearse for a show or do or something in the evening and do a performance and then have to w actually do my maths stuff then it came at sort of midnight almost i never really did any work before midnight uh and in that term i found it was difficult just because i was still waking up at five o'clock in the morning to do rowing so i gave up that but then after that no it's just like these things you just do as many things as you can um but it wasn't just that you know loads of things i got involved with loads of things at university and um you know the whole social aspect of it as well which was great which i really embraced and which i think everyone should embrace uh so yeah i think it's but it's so easy to do that at university isn't it i mean you can just do everything just go back to back and you have so much energy i've sort of you know I just turned 25 the other day and I actually <laughs> genuinely feeling a little bit old. Like a little bit tired. I, very tired, yeah. No, just like I can't do sort of 10 nights back to back. Well, I can't do two nights back to back, but, uh, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's just, I just sound so... It sounds like I've given up, doesn't it? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, oh, good, good, good. No, I'm cool. I'm party, you know, I'm cool, fresh and funky, yeah. So you were saying that you didn't find there was much crossover between studying maths and then performing comedy, but do you find that there's been a crossover in that maths has influenced your material at all? <laughs> um, no, no, I don't. I really dislike maths jokes and maths songs. I heard some maths songs recently, some musical comedian doing stuff. I really hate that. I find there is zero comedy potential in that. And maybe there is in some kind of clever way, but I've just tried to stray away from it. I think I did one character once who was a who was a mathematician but it wasn't very funny uh, i certainly don't think the songs are right i mean no one really cares about maths everyone thinks it's everyone thinks it's amazing everyone thinks you're you're always told by your friends and by family what you should do next what song you should do and you go and say something you say some story about something really trivial at the dinner table and then you know my mum or one of my friends will pipe up and go oh yeah you should do a song about that. that'll be hilarious and you have to kind of entertain them and say yeah that's a that's actually a a very good idea very astute i'm gonna go home and try that but they're inevitably awful i think a lot of comedians get that but yeah i had that a lot with maths oh you should do this thing about how you you know maths is so 
I, whatever. Like people don't really get maths anyway. So no, I don't think it's. I don't think maths is that funny. In terms of how it's affected my set, you know, maybe my set's become very logical and sort of rational and thorough. And but no, I, I still, I don't think so. I think it's. I f I'm actually feeling like I'm becoming less and less scientific, and more and more artistic. Also, I hope. And you were saying how you did a lot of acting whilst you were at university, and after you left, you went and you studied at Lambda. So do you find that having an acting training has been quite useful in terms of performing comedy? Yeah, yeah, it's all helpful. I mean, I don't put things too much. I try not, although I have been a little bit in this interview, but I, I try not to put things in brackets too much. I don't think, you know, now I'm an actor, now I'm a comedian. I think there is huge crossover. So yeah, I don't think there's a difference. You know, stand-up is acting. And, and you know, l a lot of the stuff we did at drama school was... You know, it's not even stuff that's like, is it funny or not? It's just, you know, can you deliver a line or can you stay true to um, uh, uh, what you're saying or actually say something? I mean, the, the hard thing about stand-up is saying everything every every time, saying the same thing as if it's the first time you said it, which is exactly the same as doing a theatre show. You know, you're doing the same show over and over again and trying to find in yourself that first moment that you that you captured with it so yeah i feel like i feel it's very it's useful i mean it's useful in all all sort of respects in that i am acting at the moment and that actually does help my comedy and my comedy helps my acting and stuff um again i'm kind of separating them but i mean it's obviously separate you know me doing a theater show or something and me doing my comedy at a comedy night but i find that um they both really help each other also in the sense that if you get up and do a comedy gig twice a week or once a week or whatever just being in front of an audience and just feeling the vibe of an audience and trying to control them and um, just enjoy being there in front of an audience really helps you with stage presence and a kind of I've become a lot more relaxed I think during my um, career if we can call it that um, no just since since I started comedy to now I've become a lot more relaxed and confident on stage and happy to be there which I think is the main, you know, if I have progressed at all, I would say that is that is the main thing that I've progressed at. I mean, hopefully jokes are funnier and things like that, but I think that's why people should gig. It's not necessarily just to test the same joke over and over again. I think that's what, because a lot of people give advice to people and say, oh, you should always just gig, 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 do 100 gigs every month and you'll be amazing. It's not necessarily the case. And also people, I think they think that by gigging they mean test your material over and over again i think it's just be in front of a crowd and grow as a comic yeah i mean people grow in their own ways i mean yeah but but you'll find your own way to grow you'll find what you know what works for you and what doesn't and how you it's hard to put it's hard to pin it down it's hard to say you know this method works for everyone i mean it doesn't and some people some people are just natural as soon as they get on stage th exactly what they had the first time they got on stage is their thing and they might find it hard to go back to that um but i think most people start off bad or struggling or whatever or just you know with some kind of glimpse but they're not quite sure what, what it is i think that's what comes over time and you said before that stand-up is acting do you think all stand-up is acting yeah well i think well uh, i mean it depends what you mean by acting i suppose but i mean y y i in terms of just saying stuff in front of people yes i mean in the same way that stand-up is the same as talking to a group of friends um it's not all about when you get on stage and talk to a crowd i mean there's it's 
different to sitting down at a dinner party and you'll find that there are jokes that go down well at dinner parties that don't go down well in front of crowds i know that from experience but it's it is all the same thing yeah it's i think i find it i find it's fruitless to put things in boxes like i'm now acting i'm now on stage being a stand-up comedian i'm now off stage and things are different even when you're on stage as an actor i feel like you should you should strive to be the same on stage as you are off stage and that this idea of being on stage or in character or doing stand-up is is not that useful yeah i think it all helps but everything helps towards stand-up it's not just me it's not just because i'm an actor and i'm a good stand-up i mean you know people are barristers who are also stand-ups and they find that's useful i mean that's obviously useful because you're standing up in front of people. but anything you know if you're working in the city you'll find it's useful just because you'll you'll just pick up experience and pick up things and and just talking to people and reading books and anything it all helps i think i find it's all just part of the same thing i mean that's quite um unhelpful if that's like advice because it's hard to take on but i mean i just think the useful thing is to not worry about you know stand up being about my jokes and i've got to improve my jokes it's not all about jokes it's just about being on stage or it's just about standing there and talking to people, relating with them. So, yeah, I feel like that's what acting is, that's what comedy is, and that's what just socialising is in general. And do you find that, well, having performed straight stand-up um, and now performing a lot of musical comedy, do you find that you have a favourite type of venue that you prefer performing in the most? I, What I like to do is play in different venues. Every venue has their own perks. I mean, I have to say my favourite venue would be loads of people you know and that's in yeah it's probably in quite a selfish way but also you know i just find it uh, more exciting walking onto a stage in a theater than um than into a pub <laughs> you know um I, sh- I should rephrase i i don't it's not just number of people because i've you know you have bad clubs where the room doesn't work and there's lots of people i mean i just like a room that works it's really hard to put your to put a finger on what it is that makes a, a room work, but you know when a room really works and everyone's watching you and listening to you. So as long as everyone's watching and listening and enjoying themselves, I really don't mind. I mean, I've played in a, I played in some. I remember I went out to some competition. This was when I was trying to pick up some, you know, trying to enter as many competitions as I could. I went out to some competition in Upminster, which is at the end of the world and the district line. Uh, it's miles away and it was then like a 20 minute walk from there I went so far to get there and I walked in to this random pub middle of literally middle of nowhere and I walked into a singing competition it was like these like X Factor people were there judging it giving me live feedback on it and it's just a really weird pub and I walked in and just thought oh god this is just going to be the worst gig and the space doesn't work and there's only 10 people here and i remember i I went on stage and it wasn't even a comedy night i went on i was like guys you know i'm not really sure i'm in the right place you know i'm doing comedy but you know people seem to be doing singing but here we go i'm gonna do some comedy did and did my set about 10 minutes and it one of the best gigs i've ever done and there were children there eight-year-olds there you know listening to me doing my stuff uncensored and um, it's not that it's not that nasty but you know references to murder or something or drugs and things like that um and that was amazing. I don't know what it was about that, but that's one of my favourite gigs. So you are, you're all you're often surprised as well. So you think I I want to go and I want to play these types of spaces, and I don't like these types of spaces. But I love to try something new. I love a new space. I love really small, intimate venues when people are when people are really engaging with you. I love comedy clubs. You know, good, a good comedy club in London is just they just run them so well, and the the audience are just really up for it. I love playing in theatres. 
Um, and I, I love playing in new spaces that I wouldn't have thought of before. I mean, I don't like playing. I had a gig recently where I, you know, it was a very noisy bar and no one could hear my guitar or my voice, really. That's quite embarrassing. But it's so I just don't, I just like playing in places where people are watching me, I think. People are listening. So do you have any general tips or advice for aspiring comics and people thinking about getting into comedy? I'd say, well, as I said before, gigging is useful. Um, but don't listen to too many comedians when they just say gig, 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 gig. Just keep gigging. I mean, you have to you have to try and find something every gig. If you can find something new every gig, I think that's what to aim for. I mean, what I try to do is to never do the same gig twice. I think you should always try something new. So I think write a lot. A lot of it's about improving your material. Gig a lot. But try to throw some new things in and try and do something completely different. And if you do die, uh, don't take it to heart. Just, you know, it makes you stronger and just keep keep going at it. And as someone who went to university outside London, but then came to London to start embracing the scene, what advice would you give to any students who are performing comedy around the country and are thinking of coming to London afterwards to start their comedy career? Start thinking about it soon, now you know get the ball rolling i didn't know about the chortle student stuff i didn't actually do that while i was at uni at university i did it while i was at drama school i just didn't know about it um so start thinking plan in advance start thinking what you might want to do and while you're a student do as much as you can you know come down to london go to comedy clubs even start emailing people and trying trying to get gigs because you'll find it's the same leaving drama school i left drama school and was a bit like oh wow i've got nothing to do and then starting to really try and plug my gigs. You know, I think it's really useful to think in advance. Think a year in advance, at least. And do you have any tips or advice for students? Um, enjoy yourselves. Just enjoy it. Don't think too hard about your your degree or anything. I mean, do your degree, do well, but just enjoy yourselves. Work hard, enjoy yourselves. <laughs>